0: Before I preach this morning, I think that uh, I want to arm the the believer in refreshing your uh, your faith with the confidence and the assurance that uh, you don 't need to back off, and you don 't need to uh, Get, you know what I mean, uh, too attentive to a lot of things that are happening, because the word says a couple of things. It says that if if the plan or the things that are happening are of men, it will come to nothing. This is found in Acts chapter 5, verse 38. Gamal is part of the council, and he is the, he's the number one teacher of the, of the hour. Most respected one. He's the one that Paul talked about. He's the one that Paul sat at the feet of and in his counsel to the the council of which he was part of as they were trying to you know what do we do with these disruptors the apostles and he says you know guys he said you need to let it ride let it ride and he begins to draw upon history mentions various other uprisings and individuals and then he says it's written if it is of god you cannot overthrow it Woo! church grab a hold of it amen If it's of God, you can't overthrow it. Amen. And if it's not of God, you know, it's of men, and it just falls on its own. Because if it is of God, you try to overthrow it. Guess who you're fighting against? God. God. And I just share that with you because I felt the Lord just wanted to fortify us. You got a commission. You're an ambassador. Everybody within your arena is not going to give you a thumbs up. They're not going to come on board. You'll not always have the favor of men, but you can always have the favor of God. Oh, hallelujah. So, amen. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Last week, to recap, I talked about the cross. But In the recap on the cross, we noted there's a double transfer that took place our sins for his righteousness, our death for his life, our weakness for his strength, our poverty for his riches. It's about having a cross-centered life. I believe that the cross on the hill has to become the cross in our heart. Let me say it again. I believe that the cross on the hill has to become the cross in our heart. Heart. Take up your cross. It's not just simply about your duty and the mission of your life, it's about the cross of Jesus Christ. Living a cross centered life, the cross is God's bridge between God and man, it's the Magna Carta of Christianity. It's the greatest document of all times. It's the foundation of freedom that was penned by God Himself. The Magna Carta was a writ that was done to solve a conflict. The cross is God's work to solve a conflict. I found this, and I said it last week, but the cross is the blazing fire at which the flame of love is kindled. But you have to get close enough for its sparks to fall on you. At the cross. For you as believers, the cross is history's essential message. The glory of the cross exceeds everything else. God forbid that I should glory, saving the cross. There's more to be learned at the foot of the cross than anywhere else. At the cross is where all the wounds of sin are healed. At the cross is where the manuscript of Adam's sin and ours was tore up, and salvation was accomplished for mankind. At the cross is where grace and truth that's where they met. It's the intersection of God's love and His justice. At the cross is where you meet a friendly Father and not an angry God. In the cross is a statement of God's love for the lost, a statement of God's love for the cross. This morning I want to talk about the power of the blood. We know that without the cross there's no blood, you know what I mean? And there are duels, but there are specific works that happen as a result of the cross and the blood. And so I'm going to talk this morning about the power of the blood. That blood sacrifice that brought deliverance, protection, and provided a mighty forecast. A picture that you can see into the future that was fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. By the cross, by the blood of Jesus, a future has been established. You will find that the Bible is a book of blood. It contains blood circulating through every page, in every verse, from revelations, or excuse me, from Genesis to Revelations, there's a stream of blood. From the closing of Edom in Genesis to the opening of the gates of heaven in Revelations, there runs through Scripture a scarlet thread. It's the blood. It's the blood. Because the life is in the blood. 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 Hallelujah. The life is in the blood. And so the title of my message this morning is God's final answer. The blood. Hebrews chapter 9. 11 through 15, and I have just condensed it. But it says this, Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place. There it is. How many? Once for all having obtained eternal redemption. God's final answer is the blood. It says in Hebrews that the sprinkling of blood speaks. What does it say? It says forgiveness, freedom, and access to. To God. Peace, rest, and freedom for fear. Oh, how we need to grasp the power of the blood. While Abel's blood spoke of martyrdom, Jesus' blood speaks of sacrifice and atonement. While Abel's blood cried out and accused, Christ's blood pleads for mercy. And pardon. While Abel's blood spoke of wrath, Christ's blood speaks of reconciling love. Abel's blood spoke of vengeance. The blood shed by Jesus Christ speaks of acceptance, forgiveness, and spiritual power. The blood. I believe that at the cross in the sense of the word, that everyone gets a blood transfusion. (laughs) For he has made of all nations one blood. The blood, Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. The power of the blood. In whom we have redemption through his, everybody say it, Blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Revelations chapter one verse five, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over all the kings of the earth. Everybody say, the ruler over all the kings of the earth. The ruler. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah, church. Come on. Amen. Who do you think's in charge? Well, you can agree with it or not. It's written. <laughs> to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. 1 Peter chapter 1, 18 and 19 knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. The blood is God's cleansing agent. My wife is constantly on me for using Lysol. Is it Lysol? No. Bleach. Bleach. Because I spot everything. I don't... It looks worse when I'm done with it. (laughs) That is my clothes. What I'm working on looks good. (laughs) The bleach. Powerful. I mean, you know, when that sink gets in bad shape, you just throw some bleach on it and, you know, those brown spots and, (laughs) you know, whatever spot got attached to it it just runs it goes down the drain well the blood is God's cleansing agent it says in Hebrews chapter 9 it says that all things are purified by the blood and without the shedding of blood there is no remission there's no cleansing without the blood we already read Ephesians 1, 7, the redemption through his blood. To cleanse us, to free from filth, contamination, impurities. He washed us from our sins in his blood. We're talking about the power of the blood this morning. The continual cleansing that is ours first john chapter 1 verse 7 through 9 if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another you know what you can improve your fellowship if you walk according to light if fellowship is broken down it's because darkness has been invading So we need more light. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Continue cleansing. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. Oh, hallelujah, you don't have to go around dirty. You need to do your best to walk in the light that God has revealed to you at the given time. And he says the blood will just, it's just like, you know, you're in a shower all the time. Cleansing. Cleansing. Cleansing from what? From sin. What is sin? Thought, attitude, actions, or inactions contrary to the will of God. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says everybody needs the blood for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God so everybody needs the blood and he's made the blood available to everybody it doesn't just make you look good it makes you clean in the eyes of the holy god This blood has a divine invitation with a divine promise. In Isaiah chapter 1, it says, verse 18, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet. How many know that's very evident? I know it's, it's something you just can't hide they shall be white as snow, and though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The blood is involved in the cleansing and the beauty of God's people, giving us the power to change. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, and... Gave himself for it. Again, that's the blood. He did it that he might sanctify. Notice what it does. It sanctifies, It cleanses her. The washing of the water by the word. It's the word that includes the blood. That he might present... Hurt to himself, a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle. What is going to make us spotless and wrinkle-free before the Almighty? The blood. The blood. The power of the blood. The cost. It was a personal purchase. He shed his own blood. A value, you know, that addressed human sins and human failures and human bondage. It's that central economic factor for all the disorders of mankind. It rises to such a place and such a point that it is the eternal theme of praise in heaven. It's the blood. The blood. As those angels and all of those that have gathered there, they are all singing about the Lamb of God and the blood. 1 Corinthians 6 and 20, for you are bought at a price. There's never been a slave purchase higher than the purchase for humanity, for the soul and for the life of you and I. We've been delivered from sin and Satan by a precious blood. It says we've been delivered from our aimless aimless conduct. Those things are past. The blood, the power of it. The cost, the purchase power of the blood has to do with cost of the church says in Acts chapter 28 it says "And take heed to yourselves and to the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood the church it must not be used as a theater for a display of human talent and performances because it is the assembly of the redeemed. Hallelujah. It's the redeemed coming to give thanks to the Redeemer. Yes. Hebrews. Chapter 12. For you have not come to Mount Zion, but you've come to the city of the Living God. Spirits of just men paid for perfect. Holy angels have gathered. Jesus Christ has come. 12:22. It's a ransom. For every people group. Revelation 5 and 9. He has redeemed us to God. By the blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. We're going to get power so far reaching. So all encompassing. The blood gives us confidence. If you understand that, it gives you confidence. Hebrews chapter 10 says, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Now, what does that mean? There was an outer court, an inner court. There was a holy place and there was the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies was where that curtain separated, you know, everybody from God but the high priest. And that state and that place was so holy and so reverent that when that high priest went in there just once a year, they tied a rope on him. Because if he went in was sin he would drop dead and nobody could go in and get him because they would drop dead and we'd have dead people all over (laughs) so they tied a rope on his ankle just in case he messed up that's how awesome the holy of holy presence is but because of the blood he said, You don't have to worry about dying when you come into that holy presence of the Almighty God. Come boldly, walk in because you understand that it's because of the blood. It's because of the blood. Let us draw near with true heart, full assurance of faith. You know what? Sometimes you have a bad week, bad day, bad whatever. Sometimes you have bad two weeks. And sometimes you maybe have bad three weeks, four weeks, three weeks. And all of a sudden, you have enough bad weeks until you start staying out of the Holy of Holies. You stop approaching it. You stop coming. But you shouldn't because that's where you receive mercy and grace. Make any difference how bad your week was. The blood did something for you, made an access for you. Don't let it lay there in vain. yes confidence the power of the blood gives us confidence the blood of Jesus cleanses from sins and you can enter the throne room of God with full assurance of faith and confidence and you can receive mercy and grace and blessing because that's in his presence you don't have to be in church to do that but what happens is people start to disconnect because they've lost confidence. They, 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 you know what I mean, somehow they have to rectify themselves. And you can't rectify yourself. you got to come back to the cleansing of the blood. So the question we asked this morning is, what is now greater, your sin or the blood of Jesus? It's got to be the blood of Jesus. Oh, somebody give the Lord a praise. Amen. Amen. Even as sin has kept you back, will you not let the blood now bring you near? Because that's what he said. It brings us near. Hebrews chapter 10. The blood has the power to Transform your old living into God's new living. How much more shall the blood of Christ cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? You get transformation, and all of a sudden, you're heading in a brand new direction. Your life is taking on eternal Perspectives and importance. See, condemnation kills joy and confidence in God. The reason that condemnation kills is because it points back to ourselves and not to Christ. Oh, hallelujah. It connects us. The blood connects us. It's the power to claim that connection. It established a connection between God and man, between heaven and earth. Church, let me say it again. It's not just a connection between... God and you. It is a connection between heaven and earth. That separation of heaven and earth has been bridged by the blood of Jesus. He's made peace through the blood. The blood ensures that there will never be another rebellion or fall that is in the heavens we're talking about the connection has been established through the through the blood let me give you some thoughts this morning that you might have not thought of and just to, because much of this you know Did you know that the heavens needed cleansing? The heavens needed cleansing. Sin did not start in the garden, it started in the heavens. It was the fallen angels and the devil that began to work on man to turn them in that direction. But it did not start in the garden. It started in heaven. There was a sin in heaven before there was sin on earth, I hope that's not too deep for you. Well, let's read it. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Therefore, it was necessary that the copies of things in the heavens should be purified with these. That is the the blood of bulls and goats but the heavenly things themselves, we're talking about purification, with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, but which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. And then he says not to offer himself uh, uh, often as high priest, but once and for all. The residue of the fallout was still necessary. So, when God shed his blood, it has to, you know, bring a connection and the removal of that which had taken place. Heaven was infected by the vestige of demonic rebellion. The book of Revelations says this, showing you the power of the blood. Romans chapter, or Revelation chapter 12, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and the angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon with his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven anymore. So the great dragon was cast out, that a servant of old called the devil, and Satan, who deceived the whole world, was cast out to the earth, and his angels cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come. Christ is there. What has happened? The power of the blood. And he who had accused the brethren for those thousands of years, who had access because of the selling out, now is being disposed. And there is someone that stands not as an accuser, but as an advocate. As an attorney, heaven and the power of the blood solidify this whole thing. Instead of having an accuser in heaven, you now have an advocate. Satan lost his position. And it was because of the blood of Jesus Christ. You can agree with me or disagree with me on this one, but I do not believe that Satan has access to God to accuse us. I believe he has access to us to accuse us. He's been cast out. He's been cast out. And the blood, you know, has went ahead and purified even the heavenly things, so that the sin and the sale because that's what it was, so sale is now it's been purchased, it's been bought back. So it connects us to God. It connects us together. Musicians come. It connects us together. That we might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross. Not only it connects us to God, it assures us of a conquest. You know, that's why the Bible says we're more than conquerors. Through Christ who has loved us. Because his love did something powerful. It acted on our behalf. It produced a power and a blood. Because the blood of Jesus, victory is ours Sin, and the devil is no longer your master. There's no need to fear the attacks of the enemy because of the blood of Jesus. His victory gained victory for one and for all. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a spectacle of them. I mean, you know, he made a a very open display. He said, I really want you to take a look at this. You know? Basically, he wants you to see, you know, how he ridiculed him. Let me tell you something. When God deals, dealt with the devil, you know what I mean? He didn't show him any mercy. He did it for real all the way. Now, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And so it says, you have been given a conquest Victory! They overcame him. You see, if you read that passage of Scripture in Revelations, all of a sudden he's down on earth. And he says, go ahead. Because the blood not only you know, got rid of him in heaven, the blood will also help you to get rid of him here on earth. When he comes around, the thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to have a testimony of the blood of Jesus Christ. And lost his position. I saw him fall like lightning from heaven. John chapter 12, 31. Now, the ruler of this world is cast out. The very law that installed him as the jailer and able to keep us prisoners has been fulfilled, and now a new law has been written. The law was the soul that sinners shall surely die. And so therefore, without someone that would die for you, you remain a prisoner. And death will hold you forever. But not anymore because that sting of death and the power of death has been broken by the blood of Jesus Christ. Gives us character, gives us a covenant. I want to finish up with this, and you give me five minutes. There's a significant difference between the old covenant and the new covenant, not just in its promises, but in its blood. Are you getting it? There was blood in the old, but it all it could do was roll things ahead, but the blood of the new doesn 't roll things, it removes things. oh hallelujah. the covenant of the new the difference is one is the blood of animals this is the blood of God a power and a blood that's so powerful that he said I'm going to put my I'm going to bring personal relationship into this thing and Jeremiah 31 says I will make a new covenant with you the house I'll put my law on your minds and write it in your hearts and you I will be your God and you, you shall be my people, there doesn't need to be any distance. There doesn't need to be any breakdowns. Because somebody stepped up and said, the final answer is the blood. And in that blood, there was a covenant. This is the covenant. Let me give you a couple of things that happens in the blood of this covenant. I know it's going long. I won't be here next Sunday. I'm going on an Alaskan cruise, so. Say, thank you, Jesus. Not because I'm going to be gone. In this blood covenant, there's an exchange of garments. Garments. in various factors of covenant making down through history, they would exchange garments. And God has went ahead and clothed us in a robe of righteousness. Another thing that you've got to get this morning, church, as you leave this house is not only have you been given a robe of righteousness and a garment to wear, but there's been an exchange of weapons. Ephesians chapter 6, it says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Let me tell you this morning, what Paul is writing and telling us is that it's the same armor that Jesus used to win the battle when he was walking on earth for three and a half years. Put out the whole armor of God. Take up the whole armor of God. Notice what he gives us. Truth. Righteousness. Stand with me. Shield of faith. Helmet of salvation. Sword of the spirit. Word of God. And prayer. The reason that the armor doesn't work is because too many people miss the last one. Praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Hallelujah. All glory to God. Yes, God has given the exchange of garments, the exchange of weapons and exchange of names. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. But now would you do it. I'm giving you the freedom and the liberty to ask in my name. It's like in a marriage. What's yours is, what's hers is yours and what's yours is hers. (laughs) Try to get it right. Amen. 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 Let's sing. Let's quit. Oh, hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise this morning. The blood. The blood. You won't, we won't understand it totally. But well, whenever you get in trouble, go for the blood. Hallelujah. You know, you plead the blood. Pleading the blood is just simply you're appropriating it to a given situation. Hallelujah. And the blood has the power. It has the power. It not only breaks demonics, you know what I mean? But it secures the future and it brings the reality, hallelujah, the heavenly things into the earthly things because he wanted heaven's things To come to earth. And so, therefore, he went ahead and established, you know, that it would be so. And it's because of the blood. I know what's there, but let me read you the story. I got to. The story of a busy dad watching a football game on TV. No doubt it had to be the Vikings and the Packers, no doubt. (laughs) His little girl kept bothering him. She wanted a treat and frustrated at her persistence, he reached over and picked up a magazine. Thumbing through it and found a picture of the world, you know, globe. He took a pair of scissors out of and cut the picture out and then cut up the the world into a number of, you know, many small, smaller pieces. Handing these pieces to the little girl along with a roll of tape, he said, Put these together, and when you have it looking like the world again, I promise you, you'll get your candy. The dad thinking he'd pulled off a good one and could watch the rest of the game in peace, sat back and got totally absorbed. After about seven or eight minutes, the little girl came back, holding up a picture of the world all taped back together. And he couldn't believe how quickly she did it and asked it, How did you do it so quickly? Well, Daddy... I noticed on the back of that picture, when you were cutting it up, that there was a picture of Jesus being put on the cross. And when I put him in the right place, the world all came back together. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, church. Church. That's all the church has to do today to become the dynamic force that it's intended to be. Hallelujah. In the world and in your arena is get Jesus and the cross back in its place and the world will come together. Amen. God bless you.